0: This is Live On Purpose Radio, episode 562, The Parenting Power Up. Now is the only time to create and live the life you love. I'm Dr. Paul Jenkins, the positivity psychologist. My job is to connect you to powerful positive psychology principles that immediately upgrade your relationships, business, and mental health. Are you ready? Let's jump in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live On Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live On Purpose Radio. And today I'm going back to my psychological roots. I'm going to give you a little background for something that I call the parenting power up. Early in my career as a professional psychologist, I was working primarily as a child and adolescent psychologist. I I saw mostly kids, teens, their parents, families, and I got a lot of experience working with Dr. Randy Hyde, who is a dear friend and my mentor in so many ways. Um, at Preferred Family Clinic in Provo, Utah. That's where I got my start. And in this clinic, I was working mostly with, as I said, children and families. Well, Dr. Hyde and I had an opportunity to create a program, a treatment program for, for juvenile delinquents. Okay, now that's not my term. That was a term that the court had designated for kids who were who were deemed to be ungovernable or delinquent. Um, And there was a problem at the time because when these kids came through the court, these are teenagers, okay, that were breaking the law or getting into trouble. Some of them were into drugs or substance use. And and they were having a lot of issues. As you can imagine, this was causing disruption in their families as well. At the time, the only alternatives other than outpatient therapy were lockdown options, Um, residential, wilderness, um, sometimes secure confinement in a juvenile correctional facility, which is not very therapeutic. But the problem that we were seeing is as these kids were locked up or shipped off or, or put into residential care, almost always they made improvements. Now, this is no surprise because they're in a sterile therapeutic environment working with professionals, most of whom are adults, to make improvements in their lifestyle, in their decision-making, in their emotional and mental health. So they would make improvements. Well, at some point, they would hit that tipping point, you know, where they're no longer diagnosable, or they've improved enough in their behaviors and attitudes that now they're eligible for discharge well they get sent home to the same friends the same family environment the same context in which they got into trouble in the first place and there was this revolving door because almost always they would get into trouble again i i can't remember all the percentages i was familiar with them at the time but it was it was in the high 70s to low 80s the percentage of relapse and recidivism that we saw with these ungovernable and delinquent teens. Well, this is a problem, right? So Dr. Hyde and I were working with a team at the time that was putting together a research study to study the effectiveness of an in-home therapeutic program where we could keep these kids home, not ship them off to some residential treatment facility. But keep them home with their families and work together with their families to implement principles that we knew would be effective because we'd tried these principles over the years with our clients there at Preferred Family Clinic. So the idea was that we would use electronic monitoring. Now, this was the first program ever, it was called Youth Reclamation. Okay. And this goes, this dates clear back to the 1990s. Youth Reclamation was the name of the program. And it was the first program in the United States to use electronic monitoring with juveniles. This is where you put an electronic monitor on their ankle. It's like this big clunky ankle bracelet that was attached to them. And then we would track them electronically. the so first program of its kind to do this with young people. But that satisfied the court that we had a security element. So instead of locking them up, they're on electronic monitoring. And then we created treatment programs that, that involved family therapy, And teaching principles of positive psychology. Now, I share this background with you because the model that we came up with pits control against maturity. Now, control means control over your own life, okay? And it goes from zero to 100%. You can have all the control or none of the control or somewhere in between. Maturity is how grown up you are. And the more mature you are, the more control you get to have over your own life. This makes sense, right? I've got a visual model for this. And if you would like to see the visual, just pull over or pause for a minute. Go to liveonpurposeradio.com. That's the name of this podcast, Radio dot com slash stages, S-T-A-G-E-S. And you will get a visual copy of the model that I'm talking about right now that we put together to treat these ungovernable and delinquent teens and their families. And it was phenomenally successful. We, We did two outcome studies on this and showed that it was much more effective than the existing treatments and therapies that we were doing. And it became the basis for all of our parent coaching and family therapy. Now, fast forward. As I have developed in my own career, I was in that child and adolescent outpatient psychotherapy practice for about 15 years. Working this model and developing it with families, and since then, for the last 15 years, I've transferred over to positive psychology and coaching. So I haven't done therapy in over 15 years. But the coaching that we're doing now with parents primarily is based on this same model that we developed way back in the 90s to treat these ungovernable and delinquent teens. And what we've found is that it's about stage not age. So let me address that for a minute. This is what the Parenting Power Up is all about. And by the way, there's a dot com for that as well. ParentingPowerUp.com. You can go check out the program that we currently are using to support parents in understanding this model so that they can work with their kids. Now, back to what I was saying about maturity. Maturity has something to do with age, but not everything, because we all know kids who are pretty mature for their age, right? And we all know adults who are not very mature. So, what we discovered in putting this model together is that it's about your stage of moral development, it's not about how old you are. So, looking at the stages, we've divided this into three fairly simple stages. And again, you can get the visual for this if you go to liveonpurposeradio.com stages. I'll put it right in your inbox. I'll give you a, a printable PDF copy of the model that I'm sharing with you. Back to the, the maturity discussion. If we divide it into these three stages, stage one, stage two, and stage three, Think about your own kids. Maybe even think about yourself because this applies to adults as well. It's a moral development model. Stage one is the least mature stage. At stage one, we are selfish and self-centered. At stage one, it's all about me, me, me. It, It tends to be very demanding and entitled. I want what I want and I want it now and you have to give it to me. Is this sounding like any of your kids or your teenagers? Hey, but check it out. Two-year-olds are really good at stage one. You know, sometimes we talk about the terrible twos. Well, this is age typical for a two-year-old to be demanding and to throw tantrums and want to do it myself, right? It sounds like a two-year-old. So we don't consider it to be immature for a two-year-old. We consider it to be age-typical. But if your 17-year-old is doing the same thing, well, now we have a problem, okay? Either way, whether you're 2 or 17 or 35, when you are acting in those ways, selfish, demanding, manipulative, fighting, yelling, and screaming, that's stage one. So make a mental note of that somewhere. Now, when we finally stop fighting and start cooperating, we've moved to stage two. So cooperation is the dividing line between stage one and stage two. You're going to see that on the visual model that you can get it at liveonpurposeradio.com slash stages. You'll see that cooperation divides stage one from stage two. So at stage two, we don't want any trouble. We want to keep the peace. So we go along with reasonable requests. We respect people who have authority and we listen and we cooperate. Uh, At stage two, we're into negotiation. We're going to work with someone. It's kind of like you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Yes, let's work together. Let's cooperate and collaborate a little bit because things go better when we do. At stage 2 you might not be excited about doing what you've been asked to do. Uh but you will cooperate because things tend to go better that way. This is stage 2. As a parent just think about how much more pleasant it is when your kids are on stage 2 and they're actually cooperating with you. Yes. That's why they get to have more control. So remember You get more control the more mature you are. And other people who are trying to share control with you, like your parents, back off as you become more and more mature. You can see why this has become a powerful tool for our parent coaching programs. Now let's move to stage three. Stage three is the most mature of these three stages and represents a level that is characterized by responsibility now in my book i i divide that word responsibility into two words response ability it's your ability to respond to things it requires a level of maturity and thinking That's not characteristic of the lower stages. Accountability, meaning that I own my thoughts, my feelings, my choices, and my actions. I don't try to blame other people for that. At stage three, I'm committed to morals and values and ethics. It's important to me to do the right things for the right reasons. Now, people at lower stages will do the right things, but it's for very different reasons. At stage one, for example, I'll do the right things if there's something in it for me or if I'm going to get clobbered when I don't. It's very externalized, right? There, there are so many consequence-driven decisions that happen at stage one. That's important to remember when you're a parent because consequences are in, are an important tool that parents use, especially when their kids are on stage one. At stage two, you might do the right things because things tend to go better when you do. It's, it's a much more practical, um, collaborative approach. Um, and, and there's there may not be a lot of moral reasoning behind it, but you just get it that things go better if I cooperate. Stage three is that highest level where it's actually driven by those morals and values and ethics. So if you look at an example, let's say that you've got an 11-year-old daughter. And this 11-year-old daughter, okay, so it's about stage, not age, all right? So at 11, we don't know what stage she's on. But let's say we approach our 11-year-old daughter named Sarah. Okay, And we say, Sarah, would you please do the dishes or help with the dishes? Now, if Sarah's on stage one, what kind of response are we going to get? Yeah, you know it, don't you? She is going to resist. She will refuse to cooperate. She'll be all put out. It'll sound kind of like, what do you think I am? Your slave? Nobody ever else has to do anything around here. It's always me. This bites. I'm out of here. Okay, sound familiar? Now, stage one might be a little more subtle, a little less colorful, something like, oh, whatever. I'm not even sure what that means. Whatever. Is she going to help out? Probably not. Right? She's going to slip out the back as she tries to get us off of her case. But you get it, right? Stage one is defiant, no cooperation, um, not putting herself out, very selfish. All right. Now, let's test your knowledge of stage two. Sarah, would you please help with the dishes tonight? Now, if Sarah's on stage two, what will be her response? Okay. Yes. Well, I've got some things that I'm still finishing up. Is it okay if I do that first and then I'll help with the dishes? She might try to negotiate. Well, if I do the dishes, can I go down to the mall with my friends? So you get it, right? I mean, at stage two, she's going to cooperate. She may not be happy about it. In fact, this is still stage two. Fine. And then she stomps in there with heavy feet because she wants you to hear every step. Still stage two. Why? Because she's cooperating. This is how you can tell. If your kids are cooperating, they're on stage two. And that also means that they're willing to listen to you, even though they don't want to hear what you have to say necessarily. But they will cooperate. They will listen they will go along with reasonable requests. Okay, that's stage 2. How about stage 3? Sarah, would you please do the dishes tonight? Okay. Yeah, and you're coming up with some good answers, aren't you? Oh, sure, dear sweet mother, I would be happy to help you. Right? Cheerfully with a smile. There's no resistance, but even better. Even better on stage 3. Oh, mom, I already did the dishes. I saw that they needed to be done, and I took care of that. But I've got a little time on my hands. What could I do to help you out? Okay, now we got to revive mom off of the kitchen floor because she's passed out from shock. This is stage three. Stage three is about an initiative, doing the right things for the right reasons, seeing what needs to be done, and just taking care of it. Now, as our kids become more mature, they get to have more control. That's the basic model. This is what we use as the basis of all of our parent coaching programs at Live on Purpose. And some of you are members of Live on Purpose Central, and you know that we do a lot of parenting support there. Our basic flagship product for parents is called the Parenting Power-Up. Again, there's a .dot .com for that, ParentingPowerUp.com. Also, if you want to get a hold of that model that I was describing, the visual model, go to Live On Purpose Radio. That's the name of this podcast, LiveOnPurposeRadio.com slash stages. S-T-A-G-E-S, stages, because it's about stage, not age. When you understand that, it changes the game for parents. I see far too many families where yelling is norm. Why? Because parents are getting frustrated, expecting their kids to be on a higher stage, and their kids are down on stage one, refusing to cooperate and being defiant and oppositional. I've seen it through my whole career. We don't have to stay stuck there. We can have more peace in our homes, more confidence as parents, a transformed family culture. I know that it's possible because I have seen it time and time again over 30 years in my career now. I'm glad I got to share with you some of the background from that because you'll see that my passion here at Live On Purpose is positivity, but my practice has been based with parenting, children, and adolescence. I've worked that my entire career, and that is a really great example of where positive psychology can have one of the biggest impacts. And it starts with this model. So I'm glad that you joined here today on this episode. Did you get something that you can use you've heard it it's time to practice it let's go live on purpose did you get what you came for give yourself the gift of taking real action on what you realized today please share this episode with someone you know would value it and leave us a rating too it's time now to live on purpose